0: Being the first female TV news photographer in the St. Louis market required a lot of heavy lifting, physically and emotionally.
1: Maybe some of the other guys, they weren't quite sure, is this a gimmick or is this this person really know what they're doing? You know, don't you feel bad taking a job away from a man who is trying to support his family?
0: I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air and you just try to
1: be friendly and be professional, and to show them that this is just my job and I can be a professional and I can do my job, and to earn their respect.
0: Terry Krueger was hired at KSDK in 1979. She was fresh out of journalism school at Mizzou and eager to work as a news photographer in her hometown. There was only one problem. St. Louis TV stations had never hired a female news photographer before. Terry was initially hired as a production assistant. That's a much different job. Well, it took a year, but Terry Kruger got that photographer job, and she went on to hold it for more than 40 years. She retired on December 31st, and now that she finally has a little bit of free time, she agreed to join us to talk about her experiences. So Terry Kruger, welcome to the show. I thank you so much for having me. So, Terry, St. Louis's first female TV news photographer, that's a pretty big deal. How did you persuade KSDK to give you that opportunity?
1: Well, like you had mentioned, I was working as a production assistant, so I, at, I was on the Newsbeat program with John Albal and Dick Ford. So, after our show was off the air at 7, I would often ride with our night crews so that I could see what it was like. Uh, the streets of St. Louis are a lot different than the streets of Columbia were back then. So I wanted to see what, what it was like, use the equipment. I would come in on weekends and work with some of the photographers so I could get more familiarized with um, the, the videotape equipment. Because I was actually learned on film. I hardly had ever used a video camera till like, the very end of my college career. And mm-hmm. so I worked, you know, and I tried to... Um, just show that I was learning things. And and when it came time, when my year was up as a production assistant, our news director had hired female news photographers in Detroit. So he was aware that they could could do the job, Hmm. but it took convincing the management who had never seen that before. But I had a lot of people that backed me that went to bat for me and said, give her a chance. Hmm. And um, they decided that they would, but there were three conditions I had to meet. One was starting at the bottom of the pay scale. One was starting at the worst shift. And I also had to be willing to do anything a man would do. And so when George Norrie, our news director, said, if you can do that, you can have the job. And I said, OK, and said, you can start on Monday. And <laughs> that's how it started.
0: So those are some tough conditions. And then you'd mentioned there you were coming in on nights, you were working on weekends. Um, back when you were a, um, an assistant, you weren't getting paid for this extra work to learn the gig. Is that right? No, it was just one of those. You just that.
1: We were allowed to do that at that time. See, it was just kind of like paying your dues, you know, mm-hmm. you're just trying to learn, even though I mean, the the experience was invaluable. and 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 the guys on on the street crews, they were um they were awesome to me, and they were never dismissive of, well, why do you want to do that? You know this is a man's job. They were very welcoming, and they tried to show me things and and help me as much as I could, you <laughs> know and and were there for me when when I did get that job. Um, they, I rode with them for a couple weeks, and they would train me um, on the way they would do things, you know, so I could pick up as much information as possible from everyone.
0: You mentioned one of the conditions is you had to be able to do anything a man could do. <laughs> I understand back in the day, this job was a lot harder physically. Um, the equipment was just a lot heavier. What, what made this challenging for a woman from that perspective? Well, back
1: then, I weighed about 120, 25 pounds, and the equipment weighed about 100 pounds. And so um, I could never admit, though, how heavy it was. And actually, that was the reason I, I wasn't exactly sure when I was in college, when I was printing my resumes, what I wanted to do, because it was obvious that video camera was was the wave of the future, because I had learned on film. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that, you know, it's so heavy and it was heavy and bulky and you had a recorder and all these wires and, and I loved the part about taking pictures and the freedom of your camera and being able to get in different situations and the idea of all that bulk wasn't um really that appealing to me. But um, you know, as I developed like I wanted to do that job, it's like, Okay, I can do it. I'm young, I'm strong, I, I can I can I can do this. But I could never admit how heavy it was. You know, <laughs> Because people would say, oh, isn't that heavy? I'm like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And back then it was really, the unions were really strict, and so people would want to offer to help carry your tripod or to carry the light kit, but you couldn't allow them to do that because it was, you know, the union rules were very strict, and only the people like in my union, IBW, were allowed to touch anything. Hmm. And so I know it made some of the guys... Feel bad because we would walk in. I was loaded down with all this gear, and people would give them a hard time. Why you can't even help her carry that, or you can't open the door? And um, but I said, no, no, that's okay, that's okay. I can I can handle it. Hmm.
0: So you were determined. Did you feel a sense of obligation for the women who might follow in your footsteps? You couldn't mess this up, or you might have been messing it up for them too.
1: I did. I, I felt a, a deep sense of responsibility as being the first one, and, and you know, and it was never my goal to be the first one. That was the hurdle I had to get over to be hired because there hadn't been one. So I, I knew that I could do it. I mean, I knew I could do it. But I also had a lot of people that went to bat for me, and you were also thinking about the people that would come behind you um, to be able to say, yeah, they can do this job. When I was in school, women were doing it all the time, so it was not. It did never dawned on me when I came to try to get a job here that that was going to be something new and different. Mm-hmm. So I did feel a deep sense of responsibility. Part of, um, as we talk about being the first woman, um, what came along with that job was, I think it was the fall of 1980, the NFL allowed women to become into the locker rooms. And that became, that became a big thing, too. Hmm. And I actually wound up being the first woman in the football cardinal locker room. And then that started a whole conversation about, should women be allowed? And there was a rule that you had to let the home club know if a woman was going to be representing your your station or, or uh, your media outlet like 24 hour 48 hours ahead of time. And then they instituted this 15-minute rule. So when I was going to have to to go, we would notify them, and everybody could go in for 15 minutes, and everybody had to leave. Well, not everybody was in favor, you know, if you're a, a sports writer who's used to have, to be able to stay in there a long time, was in favor of having a woman be in there. And so the old Globe Democrat, one of the sports uh, writers, Bob Koster, uh, he actually wrote an article about me being in there. And that was... I mean, it was OK, but I it was kind of uncomfortable because I'm not used to being the center of media attention. I'm just that's why I was a photographer to kind of be behind the scenes. Um, but and, that and was
0: did, his, did his article suggest that you shouldn't have been allowed in there? I kind of felt that way a,
1: a, a little bit. Uh, and I understood that they're used to doing their way. But it wasn't like I asked. I demanded to be in there. Part of my condition for my job was to be willing to do anything a man would do. And there was only two of us on the weekends, and that's the shift I started on. Mm -hmm. So I had to do it. If I was assigned that, that's what I had to do, no matter how I really felt about it. And to be honest, those locker rooms are so crowded with people that, you know, and your, your, your gear is heavy. There's all kinds of media. There's players. There's coaches. You know, you're just trying to do your job. You know, in contrast, a couple years or I guess it was actually last winter, I'm kind of losing track now with the pandemic, I was in the blues uh, after practice in in their equipment room where they're taking their skates off and all the media goes in. And I was just thinking to myself, look how many women are in here. They have cameras, they have microphones, they're working for the organization, they're recording things. And I was so happy because... I can remember, you know, years and years ago where women weren't really all that welcomed. And maybe some places they still aren't, but I think a lot of um, sports franchises have changed, mm-hmm. you know, and the whole the whole thing with women um, in sports has changed. And I was just really happy last year to see all people that were females that I was surrounded by and like hey this is this is great you know yeah you
0: you thing. witnessed a sea change and in some ways in St. Louis you helped lead that change how did you deal with men who weren't ready to respect you as an equal whether it's a you know a fellow reporter somebody at the Globe Democrat maybe or, or <laughs> whether it's somebody who's a news source that you had to interview how how did you handle that I just tried to be re, realize
1: that they had because I had some. There were some older gentlemen, older engineers at our station that you know said, "Don't you feel bad taking a job away from a man who is trying to support his family?" and And I just tried to remind them while well, I'm single, I need a job. I'm not taking anybody's job. This is a new position. And but I tried to respect their feelings and I just tried to be respectful to people and not come in with like, "Well, I can do whatever I want to do." I had you know it. It was something different. And I wanted to survive. And you just try to be friendly and be professional and to show them that this is just my job and I can be a professional and I can do my job and to earn their respect and not feel like, well, you need to respect me because this this is what my job is.
0: Who was a bigger challenge to deal with in those early days, uh, your fellow journalists or the people that you covered? um i don't think people i
1: covered weren't bad they were all seemed to be very receptive and i think sometimes they like um and even to this day they like to have a female and you know we have lots of female our reporters that that shoot and cover things too and so i think sometimes um you can build some trust being a female but um i think maybe um maybe there was unspoken it was people that in the profession Mm -hmm. you know maybe some of the other guys they weren't quite sure is this a gimmick or is this this person really know what they're doing but you know and if they had doubts they didn't always say them to me they weren't mean to me or anything and and certainly the guys that i worked with from um my station at channel five they were all very supportive i mean i never had a a problem with any of them, and they were always helpful. And I like to think I learned bits and pieces of the business from all of them. Hmm.
0: And you were there at KSDK for 41 years, 40 as a news photographer. This was obviously a situation that worked for you. Were you ever tempted to, to go somewhere else? no never and really in my
1: in my career there I did a lot of editing um you know because a lot of times your photographer's would edit and so there were periods when I edited but no never i mean i loved my station and um if I would have gone anywhere, it probably would have been early in my career, maybe to a bigger market. But St. Louis was a big market back then, and, and I've always loved my station. Once I was there, I never wanted to leave because it's like it's like a big family. And it, it was actually very hard to make that decision to retire, you know. It's somewhat bittersweet because I spent two-thirds of my life there. And it's my family, and they were there in the good times for me, and 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 you know when you struggle, everybody struggles in their family life and different things, and so no, I never ever wanted to leave, hmm. you know, at all.
0: We got a question over Twitter. This is from Bobby. He writes, how many interns do you think you mentored over 41 years? And Bobby adds, she's probably going to know who sent this one. I get the I sense maybe that. Bobby was one of them, yes? <laughs> I, I know who, who, who that
1: is exactly. I know exactly who it is, and he's a great guy. And, um... I don't know. I mean, so many have come through, and, and you know, some they work different shifts, so I don't didn't get to know everyone. But you know what? I was an intern at Camel X Radio before uh, the summer before my senior at college, so I know what it's like to be an intern, and I know what it's like to have people mentor you and to take you under their wing and to show you an interest. And so, you know, I don't know how many. I, I hope that people like Bobby. You know that. that That I did something for them or that I could help them. And sometimes it's just being friendly because you walk into a newsroom that's busy and people are under deadlines. And it's always nice to have somebody who's friendly to you and will help you if you have a question or can do something for you.
0: Now, you mentioned that when you first came to KSDK, you had you had originally learned on film. So you had to learn this whole new craft of video. And I imagine then you'd been there for quite some time. They switched to digital. Um, Was that a hard change for you to have to learn a whole new system? Uh, just the editing was a little more different. Um, the camera, the camera wasn't so bad.
1: I mean, I have a little camera now, or did I? I don't have that anymore since I'm retired. But um, the equipment was, yeah. I learned on film. The nice thing about um, videotape, and then as we shoot on cards, is that it's immediate. You can you can check your work. Film, you never knew for sure, and you hope that when they, that the film came out of the processor after the film run, that your story was on there, that there had <laughs> something. And that was kind of nerve wracking, especially when you're in college, a lot of bad things can happen, you know, as you're learning and, and trying to participate in the NBC affiliate, which was KOMU. Um, but video is great because it's immediate. You can double check things. Um, you're not under, you can shoot a little bit more, which can be a blessing and a curse. If you wind up shooting way so too much stuff, then you have to look at it. But um but definitely, the equipment changed. Um, the editing was a little different because it used to be tape to tape, and now with most systems are nonlinear, so you can say, "Oh, it's too long. I'll take out that part of it," you know, and mm-hmm. you just in and out, and you delete the parts that you don't want, and you can shorten it. So, um, you know, yeah, it has it has changed a lot. I mean, now we use cell phones a lot for things. Uh, we can go live with cell phones. Um, that makes it even smaller.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels like in some ways the job has gotten easier, but I know in other ways the job has gotten harder. Um, you know, just reporters are asked to do so much more. A single person is, is now having to do an entire story. What do you see as the most significant change that, that you witnessed in that 40 years?
1: Definitely the, tech, the technology, because it's changed how, you know, manpower goes because the, the equipment got smaller and one person could do things more easily because the cameras are smaller. Um, you don't need two-man crews and three-man crews, although sometimes, depending on the story, they'll still pair a reporter with a photographer, but a lot of our reporters are are great photographers in their own writing, great editors, so they're certainly capable. but they're also... There's digital now, there's social media, and you're supposed to do your, your, your TV story. So there's just so much more stuff that you have to do. Even though the equipment can make things easier, there's just so much more to covering stories now that you can't leave out one part of them because it's, it's always expected that you, you meet all of those demands, not just shooting for your TV story, mm-hmm. not just a digital story, not just tweeting or putting something on Instagram or doing a Facebook Live while you're out. I mean, that's a lot for one person to do. And, oh, you, you want to be accurate while you're doing it, you know, and gather all the information. So I, I think the demands are great, greater than ever before. And we can see how, you know, the information age we're in, it's so important to be accurate.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and Terry, look, we've been just talking so much. We only have a couple minutes left, but I'd, re- I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about a story you covered. What, when you look back on your career, what's one story that really stands out to you?
1: Well, one of the early stories when I first started, uh, the St. Louis had its own organized crime thing going on, much like the Sopranos that we've all watched. Um, but right when I was starting, there was like a power struggle there because Anthony Giordano, who was the head of one of the families, he died. So the two families beneath him, the Leisures and the Michaels, were fighting. And they were blowing, it, it, it ended up they were blowing each other up in these car bombs. <laughs> and I had to cover one of those one afternoon at the Mansion House Center garage. And um, and that you know that kind of went back and forth for uh, for about three or four years, and finally with the FBI and the U.S. Attorney Tom Didmeyer, they came in and they were able to pretty much you know squash that whole thing. But that dated back decades. That whole thing that did it, and I didn't even realize the importance of it at that time huh. until until later on. And now there's a lot of stuff online that you can read about. I'm like, oh my gosh, I covered a lot of that stuff in the trials, but never realizing how important it was.
0: It only sinks into you now that, that you were there doing the first draft of history. Yeah. Well, so look, last question here. Now you're retired, it's just been a couple weeks. Have you been able to stop obsessing about the news after 40 years of obsessing over it? No,
1: no, because look what's going on. I mean, last week I had people calling me and, and texting me because we were all watching what was going on in um, yeah. the Capitol. And I think it's hard. I mean, that it's in your blood. So it's, I don't think I'll ever stop watching the news um, or getting involved in it. And people always want to talk to you about it. and. And stuff. I mean, it's in your blood. That's what you do. Um, it, it's kind of nice not to be under so many deadlines. I mean, that's, you know, the first, my first day off, I woke up, at, I got up at 5 a.m. I'm like, I don't need to do this anymore. I can, <laughs> like, I can sleep in a little bit. I don't have to, I don't have to meet um, a million deadlines in one day.
0: Yeah. Well, that's got to feel good. I'm sure it's going to take some time to ease into it. But uh, Terry Kruger, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations on a long, trailblazing career. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks.